Welcome to The Naked Truth. Peace to you. We are in the book of Deuteronomy today, and we're up to chapter 14. If you want to read along with me, let's begin with verse 1. Verse 1. You're the children of the Lord your God. You shall not cut yourselves, nor shave the front of your head for the dead. So now it seems the Ten Commandments have been given, and now we're back to giving other uh, things that seem like micromanaging to me, but... It's what's written, so it's how we're reading it. So it's Moses telling the children of Israel, the congregation that has been freed from slavery and just about to enter the promised land, the different things that they have to observe and adhere to once they get there. And uh, here's another one about the grooming. And it's, um, it's that you aren't supposed to shave the front of your head for the dead. So, I mean... I guess that was a thing that people do. I don't know. And, you know, just like other, you know, people will do things like... Actually, you know, I can't think of that. I remember my mama caught, had cancer and she passed away. I cut all my hair off and went down really, really, really short and dyed it blonde. Um, it's just like a fresh start of something. I don't know. It's what sometimes people do do that. But it says specifically you're not supposed to cut, cut the front of your head uh, and for the dead. So... I guess it's okay to still cut your hair. Just don't do it for the dead. So don't let it be for that purpose. Um, I Why that would matter, I don't know. But it's what it says. So let's read. Verse 2. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. And the Lord has chosen you to be a people for himself. A special treasure above all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. So that um, flies in the face of what we just read that the, in the previous chapter that the Lord shows no partiality. Well, if there's no partiality, how are these the special people? That doesn't make sense. It's contradictory. But and again, it's how it reads. So let's read it. I believe they're the chosen people, special people, because it's through that lineage that Jesus would come to, as Christians believe, or at least how I believe, to be the savior of the world, Christ, the Messiah. That was the point um, of um, so I think that that's what makes them the special chosen people. But um, other than that, like I said, that contradicts what we just read about the Lord not showing partiality. If that's the case, then everyone is special or no one is special if we're all, if there's no partiality. But it's Moses saying it. It's not the Lord saying it. It's not definitely not Jesus saying it. Because like I tell you again and again, all things Jesus said fit into six books in the 60 plus books of the Bible. So this isn't Jesus talking. Verse 3, you shall not eat any detestable thing. So now we're back to the food laws that seem to keep changing. And we remember in Genesis, very beginning of the Bible, chapter 1, we're told right there what kind of diet people are to have. And it's what we call in modern terms a vegetarian diet. Genesis 1 verse 30, I've given every green herb for food. Pretty clear, you're supposed to eat vegetables, green herbs. That's supposed to be the meal plan for humanity. But like I said, it changed again and again and again. So you can eat this, but you can't eat that. You can touch this, but you can't touch that. Now we're back to you, what you can and can eat. And here it is. You can't eat any detestable things. So I guess it's going to get into what's actually detestable. Verse four, these are the animals which you may eat, the ox, the sheep, the goat, so now we're naming off the new food laws, or at least another version of them. And in this one, uh, ox, that's basically a cow. So beef is okay. Sheep, so mutton, that's fine. And goat, same thing. You, so all those are just fine. Those are considered not detestable. You can eat them. Verse 5, the deer, the gazelle, the roe deer, the wild goat, 
the mountain goat, the antelope, and the mountain sheep. So all those different types of sheep and lambs are edible. They're perfectly okay to eat. Um, at verse 6, and you may eat every animal with cloven hooves, having the hoof split into two parts, and that chews the cud among the animals. So I don't know a whole lot about animals as far as how they're built. But I do know like with a horseshoe, it's shaped like a sort of half moon that's sort of a U upside down U or sigma is that the Greek letter? It's shaped like a, a U. So it's not cloven, there's no split in it like you would see in a um a pig's foot, for instance, where it has sort of that split in it. Um so it lets you know if it doesn't have that cloven hoof, you can't eat it. So you aren't supposed to eat the horse and we know we aren't supposed to according to these laws, supposed to eat the um pigs either. Um but you, when you're hungry, you do what you got to do to survive. Like the Donner Party, when they got lost on their trip, ended up eating the horses, eating whatever you could, even eating each other. When you're desperate, you do what you got to do. But here, it's laying out what's kosher to eat, what you can eat and what you can't eat. Verse 7, without offending, that is. Verse 7, nevertheless, of those that chew the cud or have cloven hooves, you shall not eat such as these, the camel, the hare, and the rock hyrax, for they chew the cud, but do not have cloven hooves. Therefore, uh, they are unclean for you. So, um, some animals have one of the, one of the things and don't have the other. So it's letting us know, or letting them know, the camel is off limits, and those different types of rabbits are off limits, and uh, those other creatures are off limits. And again, all of this is not what it said in Genesis, and it's not what it said after the flood either. After the flood, if you remember in Genesis. Then anything that moves was on the table. It could be on the menu. You could have anything that moves. So again, it's changed again. So it's not very consistent. And if you believe that the Lord God is unchanging, the same yesterday, today, and forever, then why all these changes in the menu? Why not just be consistent and have one rule from Genesis to Revelation instead of constantly changing and tweaking and adjusting? And how can you possibly choose which one if you're going to be faithful to the whole thing which one you're supposed to be faithful to if it keeps changing? And why would the Lord, who sees the end from the beginning, keep changing? Why not just have one consistent law? To me, I believe it's because it's not the Lord God Almighty giving these um, micromanaging, sort of seemingly petty menu ideas, but it's how it reads. We keep reading. Verse 8. Also, the swine is unclean for you because it has cloven hooves, yet does not chew the cud. You shall not eat their flesh or touch their dead carcasses so now that's the pig that's what a swine is hogs and stuff you can um they have the, the hoof that you want it's cloven it's split um so that's good oh but they don't chew the cud and the chewing the cud is an animal that i think they're called ruminants if i'm pronouncing that right where you they eat and they have more than one stomach so the food the grass and herbs and stuff they eat will pass into that stomach get partially digested then they'll spit it back up again and chew it some more and di and so it's more digestible and then it'll pass on again and be processed in that second stomach and move on through them um why that's important for your diet i have no idea why in the world how the animal digests the food should matter to the person that's eating it and why all of a sudden would that matter when that didn't matter in genesis but it matters now tells me it's religion it's, it has nothing to do with what god almighty the true and almighty omnipotent beginning and end god 
would lay out? And if so, then why wouldn't the Lord be more consistent? Why would the Lord keep changing? Because that just adds to confusion. And wouldn't the Lord know that? Verse 9, these you may eat of all that are in the waters. You may eat all that have fins and scales. So now we've moved on to the sea creatures that you can eat. If it has skins, uh, fins and scales, you can eat it. And yet there's more specificity to that even. Verse 10, and whatever does not have fins and scales, you shall not eat. It is unclean for you. So without saying it, it's, uh, that includes everything else. Um, from lobsters and shrimp to um, what, like those bottom feeding fish. And then a lot of preachers will say that's the reason that you can't eat them because they're basically scavengers that are scraping the bottom of the ground of the ocean, eating the filth, eating the pollution, eating the waste. That's what their food is. So if you turn around and eat that, that's what you're eating. You're eating the waste, the filth, and the garbage that they digested as food. But if that's the case, then. God help this generation of people because there's so much pollution in the water now. Many scientists say that the fish aren't healthy to eat because of all the microplastics that they've eaten. Because of all the all the plastics that people use and continue to keep producing. Even though it's bad for the planet, it's bad for the land, it's bad for the water, it's bad for the air. And it doesn't break down for hundreds of years. And yet... Instead of just recycling what's made, finding some other use for it, like using it to pave new roads, using it as building material, like some countries are doing, but not America. America just insists on being that consumer and insists on polluting the planet and pretends to be a God-fearing Christian nation while it ignores what Revelation says, that God will destroy those who destroy the earth. And in environmental pollution is what's destroying the earth and remember it's not the people that god loves according to jesus not that god doesn't love people also but it's the world that god loves the quote is for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son not for god so loved humanity or for god so loved uh, the children of israel or for god so loved white people or for god so loved uh, whoever it's for God so love the world it's the world that has God's attention and love like I said it before almost like a favorite video game or favorite movie or some sort of um, interaction of a board game that the Lord seems to be passively partaking in watching to see what moves are happening in it and observing it and clearly enjoying it um, but not actually always controlling every move that happens in it. Instead, leaving that to the free will of people to see which road we'll take in the crossroads we face every day. That's how it makes sense to me. Uh, but um, we'll keep reading. So things with fins and scales you can eat. And if it doesn't have fins and scales, you're not supposed to be eating it. So when these people uh, pick it at lgbt events or at gay funerals funerals for gay people or even if they're upset about these the current thing with abortions and stuff those same bible thumping hypocrites should be outside of red lobster and shells and any barbecue place that's around because all of those places are serving up detestable abominations they're serving up stuff that right here in the bible says is unclean and unfit for you to eat and yet you don't see them upset about that at all you see them go sit down in those places and eat and ignore all of this stuff but then go ahead and cherry pick when what they really want to the lgbt stuff and again like i said i think 
That's because that's what's in their heart. It has nothing to do with what God would have them do. It's what they're dealing with. It's the demons they're wrestling with. Not that being LGBT is the evil part of it. It's the hypocrisy of being that and self-loathing and projecting that onto other people, that evil onto other people. I think that's what the real wickedness is behind all of that. But again, let's just keep reading. Verse 11, all clean birds you may eat. So now we've all gone on to, we've moved from the land creatures to the sea creatures. Now we're to the flying creatures. What can you eat that flies around of the birds? Verse 12. But these you shall not eat. The eagle, the vulture, the buzzard. Um, let's keep reading because it's, it's, a, it's a laundry list. The red kite, the falcon, and the kite after their kinds. Every raven after its kind. The ostrich, the short-eared owl, the seagull, and the hawk. After the after their kinds, the little owl, the screech owl, the white owl, the jack saw, uh, jack dog, excuse me, the carrion vulture, the fisher owl, the stork, the heron, after its kind, and the hoopoe and the bat. So all those different flying creatures are off limits. You can't have them on your menu. And again, that is contradicts what we read in Genesis, which can't happen before this. And most people, legalists, believe the closer to the original things are that's how things are supposed to be so uh if or that's closer to the truth uh, the closer to the time of the event so wouldn't genesis be the standard not four or five books later of um ever-changing menus but it's again it's what it says so all those different birds some of them are scavengers uh, some of them i don't even know what they are i don't know what a jackdaw is or um a, a a hoopoe, I don't know what those are. The rest, I can kind of figure out they're either um, birds of prey, scavengers, and um, and um, a heron. I'm not sure why you wouldn't be able to eat that. And a bat, obviously. We see now what's happened with COVID, a good idea not to eat those. But I think a lot of it may, if, if any, I guess one way that would make sense to maintain this part of it is um, the fact of things like COVID and the bird flu and salmonella. It's not safe to handle uh, all kinds of different poultry and uh, at least there's safe ways to handle all these sorts of different um, uh, meats and birds and things. And so maybe in following that sense you could avoid some other things but these are obviously dietary restrictions that have popped up out of somewhere and they obviously couldn't have been put on the Ten Commandments so they had to have arisen somewhere else. They weren't they, they, they weren't what was issued in Genesis, but they're being issued now. Again, it points to me, it says to me that all of this is just religion. It's what religion decided they want people to abide by. And it has nothing, it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with what the Lord God Almighty would have you observe. But believe what you want. Verse 19. Also, every creeping thing that flies is unclean for you. They shall not be eaten. So um, now it's, taught, it's moved on from gone from land animals, sea animals, air animals. Now we're going on to insects and things, the creeping things. Uh, I suppose worms and such. Um, but um, uh, some of the creeping things, I guess roaches, they creep around. You don't want to be eating those or they're off limits too. But and there are some societies, especially Asian uh, cultures, that if it moves, it's okay to eat it. Uh, think of those Wuhan markets when COVID broke out. You saw all kinds of exotic creatures in there being served up and eaten or you know served up for food that people that's what people are eating because that's what they have to eat and that's what's okay in their culture it's 
it's just it is what it is that's what they're they, that's what they eat um but here it's saying if you're gonna be if, if you're gonna be loyal to these uh orders you're not supposed to eat any creeping thing that flies so i'm trying to think of what creeping thing would fly i guess a flying cockroach why would you want to eat that i guess unless you're desperately hungry for some protein uh i would, would think you try and find something else to eat but it's saying don't eat those creeping things that fly either and we know that must exclude things like grasshoppers and locusts one because they're not mentioned here but two all but two because um that was what john the baptist was eating locusts that was his diet and just in case you know what a locust is it's like a giant grasshopper verse 20 you may eat all clean birds so now all the clean birds are fine to eat i didn't notice a penguin being mentioned in there but i guess it's okay to eat a penguin Ugh. but it says if it's clean you could eat it verse 21 you shall not eat anything that does that dies of itself you may give it to the alien who is within your gates that he may eat it or you may sell it to a foreigner for you are a holy people to the Lord your God. You shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. So, again, how's that not partiality? It's letting them know they're special and chosen. Um, and these things are abominable. But it's okay if you give them to your neighbor. It's okay if you give them to a foreigner. It's okay if you give it to uh, an alien. That's be just like an immigrant. All of that's okay. But, so, but there's no partiality? You don't mind giving the detestable stuff to your house guests but it's off limits for you uh, and then it says the the part about boiling a young goat in this mother's milk i guess that just goes to be uh just cruel um that'd be like um how i don't actually i don't know how that's any different than if you uh kill a chicken and then use its eggs to batter the breast or the parts and then fry it up how's that any different than um I guess because I don't know. I guess because the milk sustains the life of the goat, so it's not really. It'd be extra cool to cook it in what would save its life. But again, how's that any different than um, with the egg and chicken thing, or or um, uh, cooking a cow in its milk, or cooking? I guess that's what it's saying. Don't. Uh, uh, yeah, it's saying a goat here, but goats have milk, but so do cows. So is it any better if you? cook um a meal that has steak with butter that's isn't that the same thing um and i think that's uh, some religions do believe it is the same thing that's how come and it even said butter is off limits you're not supposed to be eating that either according to the previous food laws that we read but so and i guess that goes to um uh, why you wouldn't it be on it wouldn't be kosher wouldn't be acceptable it'd be detestable if you um say major um curry goat with the goat's butter or goat's milk butter or the same thing with the cow if you cook a steak in butter then you're um sort of cooking the animal in what it is that sustains life and it's it just seems like it'd be an animal cruelty it seems like in sort of animal cruelty type order there but i mean it, i don't know why I, I don't know why that would be the case why it would have that such a specific menu item like that but it's what it says verse 22 you shall truly tithe all the increase of your grain that the field produces year by year so now we're back to the things this is how i'm pretty sure this is all religion because if we noticed in the last couple of chapters the one thing that they're very concerned about are the things the the objects the money and the livestock 
that are to be dedicated for the different offerings and sacrifices. That's where the focus is. What are you doing with that? And make sure you break them off with that. And it seems to me that that's what a lot of this is about, is to make sure that the people fall in line with these things that they have to provide to the ruling religious authorities of the day. And it's similar in modern times where you see the um, politicians aligned with religion to help uh, herd the people along. Not necessarily to a good place and absolutely not to a godly place, but it's just a way of consolidating power to use to uh, wield over people. And it, it works again and again and again. Verse 22, you shall truly... Oh, so that's the tithing part. And the tithe just means a tenth of um, of whatever it is that you have. And in this case, they're talking about the grain and, and field. So if you have, if you're a farmer or uh, in agriculture, you're to take uh, that tenth, that tithe, and make sure that that's offered. And it says year by year, letting you know that um, that's to be, that's something you're not supposed to miss. You're supposed to be sure if you have those resources you continue to contribute to the religion uh, verse 23 and you shall eat before the Lord your God in the place where he chooses to make his name abide the tithe of your grain and your new wine and your oil of the firstborn of your herds and your flocks that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always so that always part is that a perpetual thing, meaning if they were doing it back then, you're supposed to be doing it now. And it's saying that all these things are supposed to be done before the Lord your God as far as the tithe. And it's saying you can eat the tithe. So how do modern religion flip it around that the tithe is something that you're not to be eating, you're not to be partaking of, but you're supposed to give away and donate? It, somehow, somewhere, it changed. And that's because it's not a steady document. Just, it's not a consistent document, the Bible, that is. And you can see that, again, with the in the case of the whole marriage equality stuff, where it talks about LGBT marriage, and people use the argument that it's supposed to be one man and one woman like God intended from the beginning. But that's a lie, as we, we've read how many different wives and side pieces have the patriarchs had, and they weren't condemned at all. And yet these Bible thumpers will lean on all of that and repeat dumb-ish like that that contradicts what the book even says and then smile and smirk as if they're um, being righteous. It's, it's, it's not righteous. It's, it's evil. It's wicked. It's hypocritical. Verse 24. But if the journey is too long, did we skip one? No, no. Oh, so it's talking about the, the, the tithe being eaten before the Lord. So that's why it's talking about the journey. Verse 24, but if the journey is too long for you so that you're not able to carry the tithe or if the place where the Lord your God chooses to put his name is too far from you when the Lord your God has blessed you. So here's the exemption. You're supposed to do what it says, uh, take that tithe to the chosen place. And I think in, in at this point in the narrative, or very soon to be that's to be the temple the um the right now they're at they're still doing tents and stuff like the tabernacle meeting uh a tent set up surrounded by all the different tribes but once they get to the promised land eventually they'll get to building the temple and it getting uh, you know destroyed and then getting rebuilt by around the time of Jesus and then getting destroyed after the crucifixion 30 40 years after that 
um, and now um, to where it is now. Uh, but it, at this point in the story, they're supposed to be taking the enjoying the tithe at a specific place where it says the Lord chooses to do it. But the exemption is, well, if it's too far, you don't have to worry about that. In that case, if it's too far, here's what you do. Verse 25, then you shall exchange it for money. That's the tithe. Take the money in your hand and go to the place which the Lord your God chooses. So if the place, say uh, the synagogue, temple, church, wherever it is, you would go to present the tithe and enjoy it in front of the Lord. If it's too far for you, and that's completely subjective, down the street can be con considered too far for you since there's no specific distance put to that. You can just say, oh, well, you know, next door is too far for me, so I'll just stay home and do it. So and that's still too far for you. So if and it can be too far for you, especially if say like if you're disabled and not able to get around, then maybe next door is too far for you, truly. So if wherever it is is too far for you, then instead you can um take the tithe, exchange it for money. Uh so that would be like if you had to tithe, say if you had 10 cows in your um, livestock and you're going to tithe that means you take one of those cows with you to that holy place but if that holy place that the Lord chooses as it says is too far for you then you can exchange it for money so you exchange that cow for money instead and you take that money and go to the place which the Lord your God chooses is what it says to do verse 26 and you shall spend that money for whatever your heart desires for oxen or sheep for wine or similar drink, for whatever your heart desires, you shall eat there before the Lord your God, and you shall rejoice, you and your household. So now you know that gets ignored by uh, modern uh, religion, that you're supposed to be able to just take the tithe yourself, the money of it, and just spend it on whatever your heart desires. And it says, even if that's booze, wine, or similar drink. So these bible thumpers who say it's evil to 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 drink booze and that's wickedness like say like in the prohibition era thinking that it's the liquor that's the problem not the people indulging in it too much or being addicted to it too much that that's not the problem it's the booze that's the problem um or not even the problem saying it's evil and wicked well that doesn't make sense because you see here you're allowed to trade in your tithe of the livestock get cash for it and then spend it on whatever your heart desires and that includes i would think it says whatever your heart desires what if your heart desires some same sex sex activity or even some opposite sex sex activity or drugs or whatever it says whatever your heart desires there's no exemption there or exception there so bible thumpers beware it they keep constantly contradicting what the bible itself says and, I, and you see why they contradict it because they rather you take that tithe and bring it to the church so they can get another jumbo jet or buy another mansion or get another car and people fall into believing it and it's sad but it's 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 a monster because a whole lot of people believe it and are loyal to it even to their own detriment sending their uh bill money to a person who's a millionaire one of those televangelists is worth like 800 million dollars and has airplanes does that is that loyal to the word is that something jesus tells you to do not at all but it's religion for you so the tithe can be spent however you want to spend it once you cash it in for money and um and um go to the holy place the place that the lord chooses so 
Yes, cash it in for money, head to Jerusalem and spend it on whatever you want to and rejoice about it. Go figure. Verse 27, you shall not forsake the Levite who is within your gates, for he has no part nor inheritance with you. So it's saying, remember the religious um, arm of the congregation, the religious branch of the family to make sure you um, take care of them. Give the do give some donations to them. Make sure they're taken care of. Although they've laid out enough dogma that you have to make sure they're taken care of, because, like I said again and again, they're the law. They uh, they come up with the law, or at least they they represent the law, and they are the law enforcement. And then they're benefited from the fines that they impose on you for breaking the laws. So it's not like they're starving. Verse twenty eight. At the end of every third year. You shall bring out the tithe of your produce of that year and store it up within your gates. So it's saying it, the tithe of the beasts, that's how you can handle it. And now the tithe of the grain and uh, produce of the land, uh, every three years you take that tithe out and um, store it within your gates. So that tithe you're to set aside and store it up. Let's see why. Verse 29. And the Levite, because he has no portion nor inheritance with you, and the stranger and the fatherless and the widow who are within your gates, may come and eat and be satisfied that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hand which you do. So you know people aren't doing that. Uh, even the thumpers aren't doing that. Or you think that these different farmers as right wing supposedly God-fearing Christian farmers are doing that? You think they're doing all of these things that it says? Because one of the things it said previously, that is every seventh year, the, the Sabbath, you're supposed to let your ground your ground lie fallow. You're not supposed to uh, plant seeds and reap the harvest and treat it like any other year. You're supposed to just let it grow and let it do its own thing. And it's supposed to be for the food for the stranger and the fatherless and the widow and anyone who needs it that's what it's supposed to be for and yet you see these hypocritical right-wing whack jobs in america and probably around the world don't do that at all instead they'll point the finger at the lgbt it's easy to just go ahead and do that instead of focusing on yourself and doing like michael jackson says start with the man in the mirror if you're going to say you're going to be faithful to what's in the bible then be faithful to it if it tells you that's what you're supposed to do then why aren't you doing that and it's saying here every three years that's what you're supposed to do also you're supposed to set aside that tide so if you have 10 acres or that's probably not very much but say 10 acres of corn one of one acre of that is the tithe and that is supposed to be set aside within your gates but not for you to store up for yourself on a for a rainy day not for you to sell for yourself and do what you want no it's supposed to be for the stranger the fatherless the widow and for them to, to be able to eat and be taken care of so i guess a modern example or modern translation of that would be is if you take that tithe and then uh either donate it to a food pantry or Trade it in for cash and then donate that to some sort of um, feeding the hungry thing. But even that is a translation of it. But that's not being true to what it says either. So if you're not, if you're going to say you're going to be loyal to what's in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, then why aren't people doing that? Especially in a so-called God-fearing Christian nation. It's because it's not, has it doesn't have anything to do with God at all. The nation or the commandment. If it's being faithful to God, then it would be 
then if you're being faithful to God, then be faithful to God. Don't just thump a Bible. Open it up and read it. And if you're going to say you're doing what it says, then do what it says. Every three years, lay up your your crops. Uh, lay up that tile of your crops and make sure strangers get it. Not your family, not yourself, but strangers. The fatherless, the widow, the poor, the needy. That's who's supposed to get it. If you're going to really be honestly faithful to what it says here. And if you're not, then just don't be a hypocrite and say that you are. That's what I would say. Um, but that's the last verse in this chapter. So we're going to end the reading there. I appreciate you reading along with me as always. And thank you for that. God bless you for it. And I hope to see you next time. Stay safe. Peace be with you. I love you.